0: Hi and welcome to the Fleet Navigator Podcast from LeasePlan, Plan, your go-to GPS for all fleet matters. I'm joined again by Andy Raynor. Afternoon,
1: Andy, how are you? Good afternoon, Matt. I'm very well. Yourself?
0: Yeah, very well, thank you. Excellent. And uh, today we're going to be uh, unpicking and diving into clean air zones. Where are they? What do they mean? We'll talk a little bit about London in particular because it's well recognised. In, we've had congestion charge for many years and, and the Clean Air Zone is, is coming in its various forms. And, but it will also talk a little bit about what it means for other cities in the UK. Is there any uniformity? Is there any framework and, and any further developments? And I think, uh, you know, really starting to look at London, it's important to look at the Clean Air Zone rollout that we're seeing onward from the T charge.
1: Yeah, and it's a very fluid landscape, and I think um, you know it, it's moving at pace. A very useful resource, and again, we'll put this on the Insights website, but the BVRLA in particular have done a really nice piece of work where they've put together a, an interactive map. So you can go to this resource, um, click on it. Uh, it then lists A to Z local authorities implementing plans, submitting plans, submitting air quality improvement plans to the government, what their plans are. And you can actually see it also on a map, it'll pin on a map and, and drill in. So if you're, you know, operating businesses in those areas, you're talking to customers in those areas, you're advising drivers in those areas, it's a really, really useful map. And obviously, as more of the plans come in, the BVRLA will keep this up to date. So um, it's at bvrla.co.uk forward slash resource forward slash C-A-Z map. But again, we'll put that link on, on the website so you'll be able to uh, go to that. But it's a, it's going to be a very, very important resource to you over, over the coming months and years uh, as these plans move ahead. Mm
0: and i think it's imp- it's important to reflect um a little bit about transport for london's role in um in certainly looking at the t charge and the rollout of the clean air zone around london i think one of the misconceptions is that t charge is it mm. actually that's expanding again in in, in 2021 and expanding again in 2025, and is getting stricter. And Transport for London, we've had a couple of sessions with them as they've reached out to us in terms of the business that we do with small and medium enterprises, because these guys are going to be the ones affected with older, more polluting vehicles and vans, and members of the general public. Um, If you've got a vehicle that's registered before September 2016, if it's diesel, it's unlikely to be Euro 6 compliant. And what they don't want to do is people just to get caught, and they're urging people to communicate with them, to look at their website, and asking, how do they get this message out there?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's part of this building narrative that included WLTP, as we talked about yeah. on previous podcasts, clean air zones, and then the drive to cleaner fuels, better engines, and also ultimately uh, electric plug-in hybrid and full electric down the line. And it's that momentum that also, from a fleet manager's point of view, looking for where the money's at as well. You know, I think when any local authority gets their plan submitted, there is money then available. You know, I think when the, um, the ultra-low emission zone in London obviously went live on the 8th of April and 22nd of February they introduced a scrappage scheme quite under the wire you know it's all available on the internet uh, if you go looking for it but suddenly 23 million pounds is available for what they call micro businesses or small businesses so businesses with less than uh, 10 employees or charities that are working in those areas or travel through those areas, there's money to upgrade either to uh, or scrap your vehicle and upgrade into a, a electric or actually just to a more modern vehicle. So, you know, that's what I would say to you as well is that um, not only is a grant funding uh, upfront payments, and we'll talk to that when we when we uh, do our podcast on electric vehicles. I'm sure we'll, we'll nod to that. But also, there's there's money for residents, there's money for employees, and there's money for people that in in and around those areas. So you know, when you start looking, there's lots of really good data and really good information out there. So um, so just be mindful of that. You know? Okay. So in
0: terms of rollout, who's next? So we talked, So
1: Birmingham is yeah. high on the agenda. Ox- yeah. Oxford, I think, are going pure EV next year. Yeah, that's the, that's the plan. So basically the government, so let's just put it back. So what is a clean air zone? So it's just defined as an area where targeted action is, is taken to improve air quality by discouraging the most polluting vehicles. And there's three sort of strands to every local authority's plan. So there's reduce, shift and improve. So reduce is, we want you to reduce the number of journeys you're making. Shift is shifting people from just using their own vehicle to maybe Mm -hmm. car sharing to also moving on to trains, buses, public transport, and then improve, which is basically getting modernise your vehicle, you know, get into a a cleaner vehicle. Not all clean air zones will be charging zones. So some will be, you know, restriction areas. Also, part of their plans will be other things they're doing. So they might choose to upgrade all their public service vehicles to electric. They might do some traffic calming to some lower speeds on certain roads and road areas. So that's why this map's really useful, because it will actually point out, is it happening on that dual carriageway? Where's the circumference of it? But the big five this year, so these were the the five areas that were mandated by the government to go this year, Birmingham, Leeds, Nottingham, Derby and Southampton. Uh, We're still unsure what Southampton are doing. Nottingham have said that they're going to go about it in other means, so not put a charging zone. But we absolutely know Birmingham, it's all been approved. So they've the plans. Yeah, so their CAZ is coming in on the 1st of January next year, and that will absolutely follow the template of London. And I think for anyone listening to this, the key thing and the real simple thing about this is that the TFL website, uh, Transport for London website, um, so if you go to tfl.gov.uk forward slash ULES, okay, so the, the acronym for the ultra low emission zone. When you land on that page, a big button says, check your vehicle. OK, so we can get away from this sort of, kind of fake news. Yeah. Uh, am I going to be compliant? Am I not? You gave some easy. guidance around age of vehicle, but it will be what's actually on your logbook, what's on your V5C. So if you push that button, type your reg in, it will come up and say whether you're compliant for London or not. The great news is if you're compliant for London, you will be compliant for Birmingham. You will be compliant for Leeds, which will be the next one. Okay. And again, Leeds... Are so there's mo- that uniformity absolutely. approach Absolutely. So you don't have to kind of worry. You've got that message on that website. That gives you a clear direction on what do we need to do from a fleet perspective, from an individual driver's perspective. You know, mm-hmm. if I was talking to my employees, whether they had a car under my scheme or not, I think I'd be putting something out there saying, look, this area that my office is going to be in, you're driving your own vehicle to, but actually you need to know next year, whatever on that date, we're going to be in a situation where this will be the standards for for your vehicle. So push this button, check your vehicle. And that's what I would, okay. I would say to anyone out there, um, cool. you know. I, I think particularly from a diesel perspective, I think that's the thing that will catch people by surprise. You know, petrol, they're really saying from January 2006 onward, you know, so 13 years old. Although, you know, you and I, we do a lot of driving. I see vans, I see yeah. cars, you know, 53 plates, 03 plates and, and the like. But, uh, you know, to give me a, give you a personal example, i you know, my last vehicle was a 14 plate. It was a diesel. I paid £20 a year road tax. It was under 75 grams per kilometre. If you'd ask me all day long, am I in a clean, yeah, compliant vehicle? I went in last year, tapped my reg number into it, and I'd be charging. So I think there are people that will be unwittingly sliding into thinking that they're in a compliant vehicle when they're not particularly around diesel. So that's that would be what I would urge: just, just check your vehicle. you know? And do you think there's a natural migration towards ultimately these
0: zones, particularly in the centre, being zero emission only? Yeah,
1: I would say so. You know, the, the tricky thing, Matt, is that. The local authorities of each of these towns and cities, they're responsible for impl- yeah. implementing the plans. I think the situation is the same way as if you check your compliance through the TfL website and it's compliant for one, it should be compliant for all. What's also really important to understand is that there are four classes of clean air zone, if you would. Okay. okay? Yeah. So A, running to D. Um, so A would be the lightest touch as far as drivers of cars are, are looking at so A just focuses on buses, coaches taxes and private hire vehicles Okay, you've then got a B and that's the one going into Leeds um, which is buses, coaches, taxis, private hire vehicles, and heavy goods vehicles. And then a C, which is buses, coaches, taxis, private hire vehicles, HGVs and LCVs, so heavy goods vehicles and light commercial vehicles. And then the big kahuna, which is D, and that's the one going into London, which is pretty much if you are driving a vehicle that is burning fossil fuel from snowplows and gritters to uh, trucks and buses to cars, and actually in London, motorcycles, quads, mopeds, then if it's non-compliant, you will pick up this charge. The reason they've gone for the profile at this stage of the congestion site shown is really about its implementation. You know, the charging infrastructure's there, the automatic number plate recognition cameras are there, so they can just switch it on, and then from that day one, you, you your reg number's being photographed anyway, and they just cross-check it against a different database. But as you say, the other thing is you look at the, and all this available online, you look at the expansion plans in, in just over two years' time, that's going to be going out pretty much to inside the north and south circular of London. So if you don't, I appreciate if you're not from the London area, but that is a massive geographical area, it's huge. Um, which is going to, again, be the same compliance and it'll be the same focus on it in, in terms of the clean air plans. or clean and, air I think, and I think
0: that's the bit that's most misunderstood, yeah. is... I think the T charge zone and the implications are for the in the immediacy are understood but in terms of that rapid expansion and what that looks like I think you make the point very well it is just inside that north circular yeah. which you know is a huge expansion in in terms of square footage in terms of area than where it is today yeah
1: and and I think again it's a different narrative and a different feeling around the implementation of clean air zone because again it's it's important to remember what this is about, you know, whereas congestion charging was about easing your travel through these areas in terms of, you know, reducing traffic, getting people on public transport. This is all about improving air quality. Yeah. And for the people who live around those areas or for the people who work in those areas. And that's really important. That's why it's not going to go away. You know, we have some very stringent targets to meet as a country. And those targets also are, are stringent in terms of cities as well. And it's all based on a lot of research around the quality of air that we breathe. I mean, a a report that was done last year, you know, says that just shy of 60% of the UK population uh, live amidst what is classed as illegal air quality levels, you know. Was that the same report with the number of deaths attributed yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, so it's political. a bit—it's a—it's a slightly dark report yeah, by yeah. the Royal College of Physicians uh, linked to King's College London who are responsible for, you know, the air quality tests that they do and the research around that. Yeah, I mean, there's some very, very positive early results come in from the implementation of the ULES last month. So Sadiq Khan announced that on average 9,400 fewer of the worst polluting vehicles entered central London each day in the first month of operation. And 74% of vehicles entering the zone in April complied with the new pollution. Limits compared with sixty-one percent the month before. Okay. So the message is out there. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, strangely, the website to check your vehicle crashed on the eighth of uh, April, <laughs> as people rushed. You know, having been speaking to them about it for two years, but these are really encouraging signs. People are getting the message. They've already committed, as, as we said, to expanding that in, in October two thousand and twenty-one. So it is about you know, there's some wonderful opportunities out there to upgrade your fleet, get in better cars, and get in a better position. But again, what people have got to understand is they're the sort of figures that get, from a public health point of view, governments involved. So when you see things like company car tax incentives for lowering emissions of your vehicle, upfront grant funding, which is still there's plenty of, when you're looking at write down allowances for things like electric charging infrastructure, these are all levers that are being pulled to say, look, the government's got to do something and they've got to take the UK population with them. So that's why it's quite exciting. You know, in of itself, it's a a thing that we need to be paying attention to and taking very seriously. Why should we particularly be taking this seriously within the fleet industry is because one of the primary areas of emissions is vehicles. And again, it's a very nuanced picture. It's not just cars and vans and trucks, but a lot of the research says that this is an area of focus that, you know, in line with planes and, and, and other things that are going on that we can do something about it and something has to be done and not in five years' time, ten years' time, but now. It's now.
0: And it's, you know, it's not part of any necessary party political agenda. The government, as we know, were taken to court by client earth. You know, action has to be taken from a local level, from a county council level through to a country level, governmental level. But there has to be a systemic change in you know, what's happening with our vehicles, encouraging those cleaner vehicles and where those cleaner vehicles can't be driven in our cities where, where you do have that population density, yeah. then the message from those authorities is very clear. You're not welcome. Yeah. You're not coming in. Yeah. Like, you know, where I live in, in, in Bristol in the West Country. They are looking at potentially moving straight to a zero emission zone. Wow. It'll be probably a longer time to come. Yeah. But, you know, they're talking about straight away if you want to drive into the city centre of Bristol and park your car, you will have to be in a zero emission vehicle or fully electric, yeah. which is a surprise for, for pirate country, I guess. <laughs> but, um,
1: you joke. Now you want
0: to. Difference between, you know, difference between a, a West country and a pirate?
1: No idea. Ooh.
0: Ah. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, I mean, we we tend to be behind the curve sometimes, but, you know, we are absolutely up there now in focusing on the pollutants, the particulates, they're a very environmentally friendly council. And actually, GDF Zoo is, who've got one of their very, very big plants in Bristol, quite fascinating. It's kind of ironic or oxymoronic that they pick up all of the plastics and recyclables in Bristol and then they put it into their plastic recycling plant to generate fuel for their vehicles right. to come and pick up your plastics again. Yeah. Right. So you're paying your That's council well, like tax. like McDonald's,
1: using vegetable oil or old cooking oil to run their trucks.
0: Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. So, yeah, it's a big challenge and I think there's a lot of information out there we potentially could see in, in a few years' time. The UK map looking like a, a patchwork quilt of clean air zones and just in other areas such as technology changes so electric vehicles for example people are just going to have to be responsible for checking where their journeys start and where their journeys yeah, end absolutely ultimately sat navs will have this information in as well google if you type in most routes now will tell you if you're going into a congestion charge yeah. is it beyond the wit of man that that will have clean air zones soon I don't think yeah. it is so the excuse that I didn't know or you know it's inconvenient you know th- these county councils are rolling out park and ride systems and solutions to help you get into the centres where you need to be, but you just can't take your cars. Oxford's very interesting. I mean, next year there's a, a small city centre situation where it will be only pure EVs. But actually, that's accelerating quite quickly yeah. in
1: Oxford, isn't it? Yeah. And I think the plans across the board, as I say, are, are very fluid, you know. And when they submit these plans, they cut, you know, local authorities by nature will not want to put a charging zone in because I think it's fair to say that's not a vote winner. But If they put in a plan that says, well, we're going to do this, this and this, but we're not going to charge cars and we're not going to do... It has to be scientifically proven that that's going to improve air quality. So the government can back it back and say, look, I know you don't want to touch this, this and this, but actually we don't think that's going to cut the mustard. We don't think that's going to actually reduce or improve in the way that we need to. So you need to go back to the drawing board. So, you know, if they can't prove that, then there will be more... By nature of that, there will be more charging zones. I think with regards to charging zones, it's probably worth just a moment, just sort of kind of, because there's a lot of, you know, if I go into particularly London, will I pay the congestion charge and the, the ultra low emission zone? The answer would be yes. Also, the key difference as well is that obviously the congestion charge typically runs from 7 in the morning till 6pm at night, Monday to Friday. These clean air zones are 24-7, you know, so you go in on Christmas day, there will be a charge. What's really important, as I said, you can check your vehicle on this at uh, the TfL website. Um, so, TfL.gov.uk/ULES. Hit the button, uh, check your vehicle. But just to give you, you know, a very, very brief on what the standards are, because I think that should be um, will be interesting to people. So if you're talking about petrol cars, vans, minibuses, other specialist vehicles, Euro 4 is going to be the yeah. standard in terms of engine. So again, on all websites and information that you see, they stress that they'll be lifting the figures from your, your V5 or from the, your approval document, but they're putting that around you know from January 2006 onward. So newer from that should be okay. When we get to diesel, so diesel cars, vans, minibuses, and other specialised vehicles, that will be basically, they'll say it, should be okay from September 2015, but they're only really guaranteeing it from September 2016 onwards. And that's yeah. less than three years yeah. ago now, Matt, isn't it? For Laura's Buses coaches, that's Euro six, so that's the Roman Neural 5 and, and the I. And that should be about from DVLA from 2014 onward. But again, I do a lot of driving and you look at articulated lorries and they're not all 17 and 18 no, plates. Um, you know, there's some 12, some 62s, some 63s out there. And then for um, motorcycles and mopeds, quads, quad bikes, tricycles, these will be from July 2007 onwards. And so the charges for those would be, so if you're non-compliant, so you check your vehicle, would be £12.50 a day. Charged in a normal way, so you get time to pay. But if you go into then a penalty charge arrangement for that, it's £160. Yeah, it's a huge hike, isn't it? Yeah, and that's then... They give you, as they do with parking... You know, if you pay within 14 days, they reduce it by half. Vans, uh, under three and a half tonne. uh, Gross vehicle weight, petrol and diesel, that's £12.50 a day as well. And this is for London. These are the London charges. Uh, And then for lorries, get this £100 a day. (laughs) Right. And that moves to £1,000 if you you charge a penalty. So, you know, these are... You know, when you're looking at operating costs within your business... It's just not optional. No. If you're running, you know, five vans a day that cross into those areas, that's £60 a week, you know, per van. You know, that's £250 a month, roughly, per van of operating income that you're going to be spending on, on these charges. And I think the key thing here, Matt, is that when you look at the map of these clean air zones, they're not big. You know, we're not over-egging the pudding here. If you look at the London congestion charge zone, I don't know what it is. It's kind of, you know, two mile down, two mile across. And people go, you know, I put the map up on screen in the trainer room and they go, well, I, w- I won't go up the Shard then. You know, I won't go to the London Aquarium. I go, listen, look at where it is. Inside that small area, six of the major London bridges, yeah, that exist. So it's not about you going to visit these areas and parking up. If you're moving from South London to North London, yeah. if you're driving from West London to East London, your alternative to not go around that centre of the wheel is to go all the way around. So, A, that's traffic's going to become appalling and also the air quality of that will become worse. So it's you've got to shift your mindset from I'm not going in these areas to I'm not travelling through these areas, you know. If you look at where the Birmingham map is, it's right in the, yeah. the centre, conference centre in there, the cathedrals in there, you know, the alternatives to go round that ring road of which there's about... Eight or nine roundabouts,
0: and there's going to be, you know, if we think about technological innovation, you know, telematics has been around for many, many years. I mean, that's where I came from back in 2004, and I'd been in the industry since 95. Um, You're not old enough, surely? (laughs) Bless you, but yeah, but now there's, you know, these very small telematics that go in the in the ODB port of the vehicle. ODB. can't remember I knew you'd get me on that on board you? diagnostics well there you go more educated than me it's <laughs> a so very simple telematics so you know route dynamics route planning rerouting routing scheduling there's yeah. very you know affordable software to to help you out with these kind of things there's no reason why you can't make this shift as a business ahead of time yeah but yeah I think you know they are here to stay there's something that the government are enforcing either by encouragement and clean air funds or absolutely mandating to the poorest cities so you know we've got to get used to these things and understand them better excellent good well yeah thank you for joining me again andy that was uh, that was great hopefully we've done our bit to inform people about clean air zones what they mean their introduction and, and uh, some of the things that you can do to mitigate them and where do they go for any further information about this stuff so any of our podcast listeners can go to insights.leaseplan.co.uk you'll land on the fleet navigator page all the information's there for you all there's a web form you can fill in if you want to ask us any questions brilliant super thanks andy brilliant. see you soon Been a pleasure thanks guys bye